Why is it that Bible prophecy is so ignored by pastors today? And what will heaven be like? We are going to cover both of those questions in our program today as we interview Pastor Tom Hughes from California. Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have as our special guest today Tom Hughes, who is the pastor of a mega church in San Jacinto, California called 412 Church. He also has a Bible prophecy ministry called Hope for Our Times. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Welcome to God's country here in Texas. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Great to be here. And uh, hey, good to see you, Nathan. You too. Well, if God's country is Texas, then what's a San Jacinto place? Where is that and what does the name mean? Uh, San Jacinto comes Jacinto. from, well, okay. San Jacinto, yeah. Jacinto. So it's in Southern California. Okay. And uh, there are still conservatives out there. I know it's hard for most people <laughs> in the nation to believe that, but there are. There's still people who love Jesus out there. And uh, well, you're out in the yeah. desert, aren't you? We are in the desert. We're somewhere, somewhere between Palm Springs and San Diego, and we're located in a, in a valley uh, that's just, uh, just west of Palm Springs. Well, while we're talking about Palm Springs, why don't you just take a moment to tell people about a fantastic Bible prophecy conference that you have scheduled for September of uh, next year of 2019. Yeah, it's actually June of 2019. Oh, it's I thought in, it was September. Uh, June. I okay. hope I, I hope you're still coming. Because <laughs> it's June. But both you and, and Nathan are going to be there. We have other speakers. Uh-huh. It's going to be June of 2019. It's in a beautiful resort. The resort is really nice. It's in the Greater Palm Springs area. I'm excited about it, and it's an opportunity to take Bible prophecy. It's into a secular venue and being able to hopefully reach all different kinds of people, not just people in churches. And uh, listen, we really need it. We need it in California. This whole nation needs it and the whole world needs it. Well, how, how, how can people sign up to go yeah, to the conference? Uh, HopeForOurTimes.com. That's, that's okay. the website. And uh, you can write on the front page, it'll say events. Okay. It also has that particular event. People can sign up. And you have the, uh, all the details there about the event? All the details are there. The speakers are there. Okay. Uh, we have the registration for not just the event, but also for uh, the hotel rooms that's available right there on the website. Okay. Times. Well, I want to jump into uh, some controversy right now. Okay. And that is that you recently stirred up a hornet's nest by writing an article that has been widely distributed. It's an article entitled, Five Reasons Pastors Don't Teach Bible Prophecy. Mm -hmm. And boy, this is just all over the internet. Now, give us five reasons why they don't. (laughs) Well, I'll give you one reason. (laughs) We'll we'll start with one. How's that? And uh, I wrote that article a while back, and I didn't realize that it was going to keep going and going and going, <laughs> and it does. I'll, I'll be reading somewhere, all of a sudden I see it pop up That's again. The nature of the Somebody internet. <laughs> comments on it, get people blogging about it, and the whole bit. Uh, but one reason I have in there is because pastors simply don't understand Bible prophecy. And I talk about that. Uh, and w- the main reason they don't understand is because they've never studied it before. Yeah, an average seminary doesn't teach it. They, they do not teach it. And when you look at Bible prophecy, when I first started teaching, it would be many years ago, I remember I was going to teach the book of Revelation, for example. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty big book. 
and it has a lot of imagery in there. How am I going to teach through Revelation? And I was already teaching Bible prophecy, but more topically. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm going to do it. Well, then I prayed and I thought, well, I'll do it like any other book I teach there of the go. Bible. So it was pray, <laughs> get the commentaries, and I get a variety of commentaries, and I just started. So that was quite some time ago when I did that. But when you realize, you know, what's strange about it, Dr. Reagan, is pastors will say you got to teach every book of the Bible. But they will completely avoid Revelation. They'll avoid most of the book of Daniel. They'll avoid the Old Testament problem. And they avoid Romans 9 through 11. They'll avoid Romans 9 through <laughs> yeah, 11 because that is very confrontational <laughs> to those who say that God is done with Israel. Because Paul specifically says, is God done with Israel? No, He, he is, is not. not done with Israel. <laughs> you have to avoid part of the book of Acts or make it mean something it, it, it doesn't say. And you look at this and go, well, wait a minute. Why are pastors not teaching Bible prophecy? One reason, they don't understand it. Another reason is because they think that there's just nuts that teach Bible prophecy. Yeah. Well, that's well earned. Uh, well, that, yeah. uh, I, I mean, sometimes I'm embarrassed to tell people yeah. that I am a, a teacher of Bible prophecy because I know immediately they're going to categorize me as one of these sensationalists who's t uh, finding the Antichrist under every rock and setting dates for the return of Jesus. Sensationalism. Yeah. Sensationalism sells. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, in fact, one of the reasons why you do this ministry and why yeah. I do it now is because of this reason. If there really are people who are teaching false things when it comes to Bible prophecy, mm -hmm. well, how much more is it we need to have teachers that are solid and proclaiming the truth of Bible prophecy? Right, That's why God rose up teachers anyways, was because they needed the truth. Well, why then would you avoid an area that is false, that, that is uh, taught by false teachers or teachers who just go down the angle of sensationalism? Okay, so they don't understand it. They're wary of it because of the sensationalism. What do you mean when they say they fear offending members of the congregation? Yeah, yeah well, um, I'm sure you know through Bible prophecy it's, it's pretty easy to offend people. And so, uh, in one regard it's just fearful. Uh, people become afraid when they hear those things. They don't want to hear those things. Because in Bible prophecy we talk about two uh, main things. Uh, one of them is judgment. Mm -hmm. And people, they don't want to hear about that. They don't want to hear about the tribulation. Hey, can't we just talk about the happy things? Yeah. Which God is love. And God is love. Let's just about. stick there and all of the good things. And they, they really go to great extents to avoid the truth. But Bible prophecy is full of wonderful promises for believers. It, it absolutely is. It's full of more hope than anything there else. There you go. When right. you understand Bible prophecy, you go, wait a minute, it's not about being fearful. Effectively, rightly understanding Bible prophecy helps the believer to be faithful. And the other thing that Bible prophecy does is it actually is a great evangelistic tool. Oh, yes. Because people hear these things. And Nathan, you know this, we all know it as, as teachers, that when you listen to people who are out there in the world who don't know Jesus Christ, they are afraid of what's going on. They look at our own country, you see it's divided, and you see the various things are going on in this world. You see tragedy that comes, people die, there's sicknesses, there's illnesses, people are imprisoned, and you have all these things. And people are afraid that are out there in the world, they want to have answers. And the Bible and Bible prophecy gives people answers. This is not how it's going to end. Wow. Jesus is coming back. And man, it is going to be glorious. And there's hope and encouragement. The Apostle Paul wrote, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has the mind of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But the next verse says, But the Spirit has revealed these things. And you ask a person, What is your hope? Go to heaven. What does that mean? 
And yet the Bible tells us a whole lot about heaven. Oh, yeah. So we'll get into it in the okay. second half of this program. Yeah. But okay, so you say, first of all, pastors don't understand it. Secondly, they fear offending members of the congregation. Third, people will be scared. And we hear that all the time. I'm afraid to read the book of Revelation. In fact, Don Perkins, who is a Bible prophecy teacher, grew up in southern Louisiana, and his preacher used to get up in the pulpit and say, I will never speak on the book of Revelation because if you study the book of Revelation, you'll go crazy. This was a pastor from the pulpit. Go you'll go yeah. crazy if you read the yeah. book of Revelation. Yeah, I've, I've heard those types of things. <laughs> I think, no, actually, if you read the book of Revelation, God promises what? Uh, a blessing to all those who read here <laughs> and keep the, words of, keep the words of this book. Well, what about this one? You also mentioned fear of looking like the Looney Tune for yeah. fringe. But what about this one? People might not tithe. This, yeah, you know what? I am absolutely convinced that I've talked with pastors. They're, they're, they're uh, say people are going to get upset in our church. They're going to leave if I start talking about these types of things, and uh, they're worried. The, the, the worry from people who don't, pastors who don't teach Bible prophecy, is when I start to say these things, instead of storing treasure in heaven, <laughs> that people are going to respond by going out and buying everything. Now they're going to buy new cars. Oh, they're going to buy. Yeah. They're going to spend their money there. But that's 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 a that's a uh, that's messed up, because <laughs> yeah. put it in a technical term. Yeah, there, there's yeah. your theological term, messed up. I read it in the Greek somewhere. <laughs> so, but you see that and you go, no, no, no. Rightly taught, and rightly understood, right. it will actually cause people to say, you know what, Jesus is coming. I want this to be about my best life for Him. It will motivate yeah. them to holiness. It'll motivate them and to, to evangelism. To evangelism. To it'll make a mission oriented. It'll cause them to want to say, "I need to store my treasure in heaven, not in this earth," because all these things are passing away. Well, see, that's the thing that I hear most from pastors is they say, "Well, it's just not It's not relevant, David. You, you're a traveling evangelist. I'm a located pastor. I've got every problem known to man in my congregation. I got a." preach practical sermons that have to do with drug addiction, alcoholism, adultery, this sort of thing. And I say, you don't understand Bible prophecy. It yeah. will motivate people to evangelism and to holiness. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what Peter tells us. And when us. you said it was a great evangelistic tool, let me tell you, yeah. on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached the very first Gospel sermon, and from beginning to end it was Bible prophecy. The Bible said this, Jesus fulfilled it. The Bible said this, Jesus fulfilled it. Finally, they just cried out and said, what must we do to be saved? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, you look at that Bible prophecy, the first coming of Christ, yeah. uh, and all of the things of ancient Israel that God prophesied through His prophets that came to pass, and then the prophecies of the first coming of Christ, the prophecies of the second coming of Christ, and the prophecies on into the millennial yeah. kingdom regarding the nation of Israel. And we've seen all these things fulfilled throughout history. Every single time God had His prophet speak a word that was for the past, every single time was fulfilled. 100% never missed. What would make a preacher now think, well, those things are irrelevant? God's not going to do that. The pastors ought to expect it that it's a great apologetic. I mean, you've yeah. got fulfilled prophecy. It proves that the Bible that yeah. they're studying is the Word of God. They can trust yeah. it and put their faith in foundation. Yeah. Well, I grew up in an amillennial church. It's a miracle of God. I'm a teacher of Bible yeah. prophecy. Okay. And in that church, the most common sermon I heard uh, was that the Jesus, there's not a verse in the Bible that implies Jesus ever put his feet on the earth again. I nearly fainted at age 12 when I found Zechariah 14, says he's coming back to the Mount of Olives. And then the other thing they always taught, the Bible means exactly what it says yeah. from beginning to end, unless it's talking about the second coming, yeah. and it never means what it says. Yeah. What? That, that to me is, in, I hear that more and more and more 
from it's uh, a pastors in America. language. So yeah, we don't work. talk about that type of thing. <laughs> well, as a pastor, do you feel that the churches don't want Jesus to return? I mean, there's this kind of this idea now, this <laughs> post-millennial view that they're going to take over the world, the church, and then hand it to Jesus. Is there a reticence yeah. about having Jesus come back? <laughs> it's just a strange view to me. Look, look at the great work we've done, Jesus. Now, here's the plan that we give you because we've perfected it. Exactly. I mean, you look, you go, well, it's not exactly going that way. It's no. going the way the Bible says it's going to go. But I do think one of the big problems within the church is even after you get people, people get saved, after they come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are still looking to be comfortable. Yeah. And Bible prophecy confronts that comfort uh, position that people want to take in this world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that goes with not understanding heaven, which we'll get into. But you look at that and it upsets, it upsets their, their position now. It upsets everything they live for now. And I think that is what even bothers them when they're in, if they're believers. Well, folks, we're going to take a brief break right now. And when we come back, we're going to shift gears and we're going to start, start talking about heaven because Tom has just put out a, a video series about that and he's working on a book about heaven. So, stay with us. What will happen when you die? This monumental question is answered by Dr. David Reagan's book titled, Eternity, Heaven or Hell? The book also addresses many other questions concerning life after death, such as when will believers and unbelievers be resurrected? What kind of judgment will they face? What will heaven be like? Is hell for real? Are there many roads to God? How can we be certain of life after death? For the answers to these questions and many others concerning life after death, get a copy of Dr. Reagan's book for a donation of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. If you'd like to learn even more about what happens when you die, we have a very special offer. Order the Eternity Book and get a complimentary copy of Dr. Reagan's video, Heaven, Its Nature and Meaning, for a donation of $20, including shipping. The Heaven video contains three 25-minute videos about various aspects of Heaven. Just ask for offer number 861. Again, you can order Dr. Reagan's book, Eternity, Heaven or Hell, and get a complimentary copy of The Heaven, Its Nature and Meaning DVD for a donation of $20 or more, including shipping. Call the number you see on the screen or order online at lamblion.com. Ask for offer number 861. Welcome to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Pastor Tom Hughes. Well, I want to hear what Dr. Reagan's talking about. You have a DVD series and a book coming up on heaven. It's one of my favorite topics. I love to preach on it. Tell us a little about this, what's involved in this, this DVD series. Well, I love it. I recorded it not too long ago, and it was uh, 10 messages I did. 10 messages. It was actually nine on heaven and one on hell, because I said you can't go to heaven <laughs> without understanding what yeah, hell absolutely. is. Because people need that, and that subject is avoided. Actually, both of these, heaven isn't taught in pulpits. And hell certainly isn't yeah, taught in yeah. pulpits. Hell or judgment or sin, yeah. those things are all avoided. But what happened was, I, I just look at all of the things that I talk about, and you do, and Nathan, you, with Bible prophecy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, when you talk about the tribulation period and some of the hard things, it's hard for people to wrap their minds around. There's so much hope when it's rightly understood. But I thought, you know what, with all the things that are going on in the world right now, the, just the different difficulties, pressures and trials and uh, our country's so divided and everything, I thought, you know what, I'm going to talk about heaven and what the Bible says. 
because a lot of the things that are out there regarding the message of heaven come from somebody had a dream or they made a yeah. movie came or back something from the dead. or they came back from the dead and they saw this well wait what does the bible actually say mm -hmm. and so i i took that approach and i likened it to taking a tour to another country uh, recently we had a, a footsteps of paul tour so oh, we went to wow. you know it was, it was it was terrific we went to turkey for ephesus we went to greece we went to rome uh, we were on a boat for a few days and it was so we went on this tour well before you go on any tour you know you or you go to another country uh, one thing you want to know what the weather's going to be like how should you dress you need a good tour guide you need to set up everything ahead of time well here it is we know that you'll do that just go from state to state me coming from california to texas i want to know what's the weather going to be like yeah. And I already know people wear cowboy hats out here, so that's good. <laughs> so, but I look at that, or anybody does. Anybody with any brains at all will look ahead. Well, why don't we do that with heaven? Christians right. say, well, I'm going to heaven. Well, first of all, you say, how do you know? And you go, well, uh, because I go to church. Well, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> that's the wrong answer. And the other thing is, well, what's heaven going to be like? Well, it's just going to be really good. Well, are you going to be sitting on a cloud for all of eternity? Just playing a harp? Uh -huh. Dull, uh, very dull. That helped to me. Brother, <laughs> I grew up in a church that was non-instrumental, and we heard hellfire and brimstone sermons about how you were going to go to straight to hell if you ever played a musical instrument in a worship service, and you deserved to go if you did so. All Baptist piano players were going straight to hell, uh -oh. and yet they would get up and preach that we were going to spend eternity floating around on a cloud playing a harp. <laughs> And so. I thought, how does that make any sense? I was only 12 years old, and I would say, how does that make any sense? Well, how does a ghost play a harp anyway when our hands go through the strings? But there's this ethereal concept of heaven. It's going to be spirits, yeah. or a lot of people think we're going to be angels. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I deal with that in the series too. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the, when the book comes out. And, you know, I, I, but I wanted people to not just be able to make sense of it, uh -huh. but to understand. It's real. Is heaven a real place well, yeah, what with is, an actual location? Can you give us a little insight then? If it's not an ethereal place where we're playing harps, then what is our yeah. afterlife going to be like? So, well, I, I can't imagine that the Lord is going to, we're going to be some disembodied spirits just floating around forever. All right. So, we'll have bodies. We, we're going to have bodies. We know the rapture is going to take place. First Thessalonians chapter 4, the dead in Christ will rise. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And there's going to be a new body that's going to be given to us. I can't wait for that. I can't either. I, you know what? <laughs> I'm tired eat. of aching I, joints. I'm tired <laughs> of aching joints. I want to be able to eat what I eat without gaining weight. Amen. I think it's going to be great. Amen. I can eat donuts in heaven. If there's, if there's donuts in heaven, they're going to be really of good. Of course there's going to be donuts in heaven. I think there's yeah. going to be me. I, think I was groaning about my joints one day, and my wife said, Honey, at our age, if it don't hurt, it don't work. There <laughs> <you> <laughs> that is funny. So you think that we'll all really look like we're in our 20s or 30s? Or? You know, I will look better than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, well, you, let me go back to the location. Okay. Okay. So Jesus said, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, that where I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. And where I'm going, I'll bring you to myself. That where I am, there you will be with me also. So where and there both imply a physical place that Jesus has prepared for us. Someplace where we are going to go. And then you look at it like this. This is, this is just so bizarre to me. People can't, Christians cannot imagine such a beautiful place that he's taking us to. And I would say, well, do you think that Jesus is in heaven? And he's looking down at a house in Beverly Hills and he's thinking, 
that place is beautiful. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? I mean, I mean, that's just, it's kind of nuts. What I love about that passage is if, if Jesus is talking about building a place for us to live with him forever, the new Jerusalem, mm -hmm. which I think you're referring to, is that he's still working on it. If he created everything yeah. in six days, what is this new Jerusalem going to be I, like? I, I, I'm excited. I, the, the millennial kingdom coming first and then the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and the new earth uh, is just wow. And the what will our bodies be like? This is this is me. But I look at it, I think like God created us. We have different races. We have different uh, styles of music we like. We have different foods. That's on this planet that has been cursed because of sin. Yeah. And you start looking at it in heaven, we're not all going to look the same. I am convinced we're not going to look the same. I'm convinced we're going to look uh, very similar to how we look now. I'll look a lot like Tom does in heaven, but I will look better. So we'll recognize it. Because oh, we get that question all the yeah. time in the ministry. People write and say, well, you know, my wife just passed away, and, and when I get up to heaven, will she recognize me? Well, of course she yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine not recognizing? Look, if yeah. I'm David here and I'm not David in heaven, then David wasn't saved. That's a great, that is wow, great. That's that, is, that is fantastic. Yeah. But you look at it with different nationalities. People think, well, everybody's going to be a particular. Uh, uh, I'll be one race. One race. Well, I don't see the that. The angels aren't even one no, race. I don't see that. I also don't believe we're going to be getting wings when we, when we, when we die either, which I think yeah. that comes from a movie. What is that movie? Oh, uh, It's uh, a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful if Life. It, the if bell you hear rings, a bell right? rings, an angel yeah. gets its wings. So we're not going to become angels because we get that question a lot yeah. too. We're not going to become angels. Because they're their um, own thing. You know what was the greatest uh, jolt to me in my study of, uh, that I found out about heaven? The greatest thing that jolted me, I mean really jolted me, was when I got into the book of Revelation and I suddenly decided I'm going to take it to mean what it says. And it says that heaven is going to be on a new earth and God's going to come down to that earth and live in our presence. And I thought, what? I yeah, thought it was going to yeah. be in the clouds. Yeah. So you look, you look, yeah, well, you have the picture of the man on the, playing the harp or the little chair playing yeah. the harp or whatever. Yeah. So we have the millennial kingdom first and then the new heaven and the new earth mm -hmm. and the new Jerusalem descending. Yes. And you look at this and you go, wow. So in the immediate, we're going up. Yeah. But then we have this new kingdom coming down and you look and, and go, it says God will come and, down to live among God us. God is going to live among us and he will dwell with his people. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. And we will no see more his sickness. face. Mm -hmm. And we will see his face. <laughs> We're going to see the, the Lord. the throne room, right? I mean, the throne room is like the uh, center of the temple. It's, it, it provides the light for the new Jerusalem. The radiance you, of God lights the city. Amen. There's so many things there. When you start looking at it, we have the book of Hebrews describes heaven as a city, but also we have uh, in the new heaven and the new earth, the city is paved with streets of gold that so appears like transparent glass. So you start thinking, well, what do cities have? And then the Bible's also described as a country. Well, our, our, when you start looking at it and you think, okay, if we have this in man-made cities, imagine what heaven's yes. going to be like. Imagine what the country is going to, the, uh, so to speak, is going to be like in heaven. And everything we have here is so limited by our imaginations. But the, the problem is this is a comfortable place. People want to make it comfortable. The best humans can imagine on earth is maybe a place like Maui or Fiji or something like that. But to even to the devil himself, the, Maui is cursed. Yes. The devil doesn't want to live there forever and ever. He would rather stay in heaven. Yeah. Even though that ain't going to happen. <laughs> we know that. Well, so you look and go, he didn't want to get kicked yeah. out of heaven. 
and sent down to earth. That was quite a fall. Well, when you talk about how great it's going to be, it reminds me of one particular verse. My wife is in her eighth year of dementia, and I go every evening to feed her and to read to her, and I'm not sure she understands anymore, but I read Scripture because I know it's supernatural and will mm -hmm. minister to her whether she understands it or not. But I always leave her with one verse, Romans 8, 18, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is yet to be revealed to us. Tom, that's a mouthful. Amen. You 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 yeah. minister to people dying miserably mm -hmm. of cancer and all kinds of things. It says nothing, nothing none of the sufferings are com yeah. can even be compared to the glory. Yeah. That is it is incredible. Uh, just recently, there's a young lady from our congregation. She's 15 years old and uh, killed in a car accident. You look at that and you go, how could a family be ministered to? And you know, when you start looking at yeah. those verses and you look at heaven, this is what I know. Will we recognize each other in heaven? Absolutely, Absolutely we will. And moms and dads are going to be reunited with their children and children with parents. And you look at that and you go, I need that. People need that. And it's not some false imagination that's been created. This is what God's Word says. So if we take God's Word, we can, man, there's so much hope and there's so much encouragement. And there's no more, there's no more hospitals. There's no funeral homes. There's no psychiatric wards. There are none of these things. And you look no and you go, man, oh, oh it's gonna, no, no aging. And again, back to the donuts. Donuts. We, we, all the donuts. We got donuts. <laughs> I, the food is going to be You know, I, I believe that even women who have had miscarriages will have mm -hmm. an opportunity to see those yeah. children. I wouldn't even I be surprised either. if God doesn't give them the, the blessing of let them raise those children to a certain age, you know, what, yeah. whatever age that's going to be. It would be remarkable. <laughs> I think, I, here's a question I get a lot. Uh -huh. It will, my uh, will Fluffy be in heaven, right? So how Never one question. <laughs> uh, isn't that funny? This is what I know, is God created the animal kingdom. Right. In heaven there are animals. There are animals. Uh, will absolutely. Fluffy be in heaven? Listen, I'm not going down that Oh yeah, path. we're going to get a lot but, of hate mail. You should just stop but right I do, But I do know this. There are going to be animals in heaven. Yes, if God created these things on earth, yeah. if, if God wants your Fluffy to be in heaven, your Fluffy will be there. I wouldn't be but, surprised if that's not one of the blessings He gives you know, us. We don't know yeah, that Yeah, sure. you look at that and you go, wow, there are people who desperately need their animals while they're here on earth. Oh yes. They don't, they don't, they're lonely and whatever. But you look at the animal kingdom God created here, it's remarkable. Imagine what it's going to be like in heaven. I think, man, it's exciting. It is. Well, Tom, we're coming to the end of the program. We've been very blessed to have you, and I pray that the Lord will greatly bless the distribution of your videos and books. How about looking at that camera right in front of you and tell people how to get in touch with you and your ministry? You can get in touch with me through HopeForOurTimes.com. Just go there, HopeForOurTimes.com. Go to the Contact Us section and uh, send us an email. I'll answer it. Pastor Craig will answer it. We'd love to hear from you. And you are available for speaking engagements at churches concerning Bible prophecy, right? Yes, I am. I'm available for speaking on pro Bible prophecy, even speaking on heaven too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want you to do that for sure. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope that Lord willing, you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Greetings in the name of Jesus. The staff at Lamb and Lion Ministries is very blessed and encouraged by the faithful support of all our prophecy partners who generously donate to this ministry every month. Your donations allow us to proclaim the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, and through our magazine, website, conferences, and the many ministries we support, both domestic and international. If you are not partnering with us and would like to, we invite you to do so for a donation of just $25 a month 
or a one-time donation of $300 a year. As a Prophecy Partner, you will receive six issues of our exciting magazine, The Lamplighter, and six other, including either publications or videos. One of those gifts will be our annual Holy Land Calendar. Please partner with us to share the good news of Jesus' return. Call the number on your screen or go onto our website and become a Prophecy Partner today. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 